Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. thankful for them leading us into the presence of the Lord. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every darkness. There's power in the name of Jesus. I mean, know he's in the building right now and whatever you need, you can find from him. Hallelujah. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I'm reminded of a moment like this that it was a 9 a.m. service. Church had been praying for people who would just come out of COVID. And, and all of a sudden, I looked to my left. And somewhere in the middle of praise and worship, I looked and there was, there, there was, there was Sean Russell with his dad's arms wrapped around him, praying and weeping in the presence of the Lord. And, I hadn't even seen him during the service. Didn't know he was here. I knew Allison and Chelsea were here. And, and after service, Brother Cody came to me. He said, I have to tell you what happened. I said, what is it? He said, "He said Sean was at work. And uh, Sean had been away from the Lord. And uh, Sean was at work and said, all of a sudden, when they were unloading that tractor trailer bed, said the presence of God came in that room where he was in that tractor trailer bed. And it was so powerful of a touch of God that the co-worker with him said, what is that that I feel? Sean said, that is the spirit of the Lord and I'm leaving and I'm going to church and repenting. I'm gonna go get right with God. Moments. The Bible says that there was an appointed time for a visitation. And what you're feeling today is God's presence among you. He is here right now. Someone once told me that when God squeezes your heart, juice comes out your eyes, and I think there's a whole lot of truth to that. I've been crying this last song. Aren't you glad for what you feel in this room? Would you thank the Lord for it? Thank you, God. Come on, there's no mountain too high. There's no valley too low. There's no darkness too dark. There's no hopelessness too far gone. When Jesus comes in the room, everything changes. Everything changes. I want you to high-five somebody next to you and say, God can change everything in your life. Everything in your life. Amen. Everything. Praise the name of the Lord. Everything. Praise God. We are so honored. And I want to first say thank you, Pastor Cody, for this morning's teaching on media in the home. Couldn't have been any better. Helped all of us. And... Uh, and uh, man, the hand of the Lord upon Brother Meshach today in this praise team. Wasn't that powerful? Aren't we thankful leading us today in worship? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. How many feel that way today? Why don't you just say Jesus? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 
Clap your hands, raise your hands, stand there and cry. Say hallelujah, whatever you feel like doing, but praise him. Come on, the psalmist wrote, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God is healing your situation. Come on, tell somebody right next to you, say, the Lord knows exactly where you're at and he loves you. He's going to make it all better. Amen. He's going to make it better. We are so thankful for what we feel. Also today, we have dynamic preacher and um, evangelist Dylan Morgan from California, from Arkansas, now from Florida. And uh, his, his sweet wife, Paris, just an amazing person and family. Brother Jude Blackshear was with us a while back, preached for us, and uh, 16 years old, and this is her, her little brother. All the way from Alaska, and uh, we're so thankful that that Paris is here. What a powerful lady of God she is, and a wonderful person, wonderful family. And uh, Brother Morgan's been evangelizing for five years. He's 25 years old now, and uh, we're so thankful you'd come be with us. I revere you highly. Thankful for your voice, and I know God's given you a word for us. The atmosphere is right for it. Amen. Aren't we so glad? Would you give him a big Zanesville? Oh, how welcome as he comes to preach. Aren't we thankful for this man, amen, that God has sent to us? Come on, let's make him feel welcome today. We're glad you're here. Why don't we just lift our hands one more time and let's just reverence what is in this room right now. Is that all right? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, church, lift your voices now higher than your hands. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I just feel a shifting in the atmosphere. I feel like God's about to shift something in the supernatural today. It's not just another Sunday. I feel like something is just about to shift in Zanesville and in this region, I feel like God has destined this day for there to be a supernatural shifting to take place. I feel like weapons of war are about to be laid down and sickles are about to be picked up. Come on, you need to lift your hands right now. I want you to just cry out unto the Lord. I'm not in a hurry. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. What an honor it is to be here. I, uh, I cannot express enough how much I respect and honor your pastor and his family. And I give him honor and Sister Bounds and to their amazing family. I thank God for your leadership. Aren't you thankful for your pastor? Amen. I say this with all sincerity. I want to thank the Anchor Church for sharing your pastor with the world because I know there are times you may want him here, but I want you to know we are thankful. The world, that his impact is, is worldwide, and the world is thankful that this church would understand his ministry enough to 
allow him to flow as he flows all over the United States. And I want to thank the Anchor Church for that. You ought to give yourself a hand clap. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And to my friend Cody Updegrave, who I love so, so much. We don't talk hardly at all, but the moment we get together, it's like we just pick right up where we left off. I love him and his amazing wife and all their boys. I'm just so thankful for the Anchor Church and the leadership of this great, great church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And it's always an honor to have my wife with me, the greatest gift outside of the Holy Ghost I've ever been blessed with, and I love and appreciate her very much. Amen. Now, typically when you hear the last name Morgan, you buckle up because you think you're going to be here for a while. I realize that. I don't live up to that expectation quite yet. So I just want to flow in the Holy Ghost, and I just want God to have his way here today. Is that all right? If you're here and you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is your day. If you're here and you need a miracle, the gifts are already flowing in this service. I believe people have already been healed, but there's going to be miracles in this room today. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 6, beginning at verse number 1. The book of Acts chapter 6 will begin at verse number 1. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I tell you what, let's actually go to Colossians chapter 3. Is that all right? I'm sorry. Go to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse number 17. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 17. Very familiar passage of scripture, but I just feel like after what just happened in this room, we're just going to continue in the vein that's already flowing in here. Is that all right? Colossians chapter 3, verse number 17. If you know it, read it with me. If you don't, I'm sure it'll be on the screen behind me. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all, everything in the name of Jesus. I'm going to preach to you on this subject. What really happens when you say Jesus? Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands one more time? Can we just magnify him for just a moment? Would that be all right? Lord, I love you. I thank you for what I feel in this room. I submit myself unto you right now, God. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done exactly as you have destined for it to happen in this service. Uh, put your words in my mouth, God, and let there be an apostolic flow, God. Come on, lift your voices all across the house. All across the house, lift your voices. I think we can do better than that. If there's one thing us apostolics are known for, we're known knowing how to pray. Come on, lift your voices. Praise God, praise God. Why don't you clap your hands one more time and shout Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Over the last three years, 
I can honestly say I have prayed over my food more in Jesus' name than I think I ever have. I'm a touch of a uh, germaphobe, or I've been known to be one, and I just put a little extra blessing because we don't know where the waitress has been, praise God. I like to start my day, as a matter of a fact, if I can remember, I do my best to remember to start my day by the first things that I want to say is, Lord, bless this day in Jesus' name. Because there's just something about beginning your day under the submission of the name of Jesus. And when I stumble my way to my coffee pot and I get heaven's nectar brewed and I walk up my stairs and I sit in my chair, I like to pray over my day. And when I conclude that prayer, I like to conclude it with the name of Jesus. Because there's just something about the name Jesus. There's just something about somebody that has the revelation of the name of Jesus. I want everything in my life to be under the submission and the authority that only comes with the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Because when you say the name of Jesus and you understand who you are invoking when you say his name, you begin to truly understand the power and the potential of the spoken name of God. All throughout the Old Testament, he was revealed from many different names. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah El Shaddai. He was uh, known all of those. And when you want to sum everything up and you want to put it where it needs to be, when you want to have all of uh, the names that were revealed all throughout the Bible, you want all the potency in one, in one swing, in one punch, you just say in Jesus' name. And the moment you say the name of Jesus, you invoke the provider. You invoke the protector. You, the moment you say the name of Jesus, you invoke that which every Old Testament man and woman of God wrote about. That which Gideon understood. That which Moses understood. That which Abraham understood. All of them. You just say Jesus. And the Bible, with no incident gives us a very clear picture, a vivid picture on how kings were to operate all throughout the Old Testament and how they were to operate with their name and the authority of their name in their kingdom. Kings had something that would call their signet or their signet ring. It's where we get our signature. Instead of them signing an ancient document, they would take their ring and they would press it onto a parchment or a piece of paper as it would have wax poured over it. And when they would seal that document that was to execute orders on behalf of their kingdom, when it arrived at the uh, uh, person that was to receive or the kingdom that was to receive and they saw the seal or the name of the king that was represented by the seal. They understood the authority of the kingdom that was to carry out that which was written in the document or that which was declared by the king. And when their messengers were to bring them that letter, they would lay it upon the desk or into the hand of another messenger. And when they would open that and they would read everything 
thing that the king was to declare. At the bottom of that parchment, there was the name of the king. And they understood that that name was going to execute on behalf of the kingdom. They understood that if the name of a king was there, that because the name was represented on the paper, that now they didn't just have to deal with what was on the paper, but if it was not executed accordingly, that they would have to deal with every uh, armed guard within his arsenal, that they would have to deal with every soldier or mighty man of war that that kingdom had at its disposal. They understood uh, that that name did not just represent a name but that name represented everything that the kingdom had within its authority and its reign we see this uh, given to us as an example in Genesis 41 and 41 the Bible says and Pharaoh said unto Joseph see I have set thee over all the land of Egypt and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and he put it upon Joseph's hand and he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck what Pharaoh was trying to convey to Joseph is this he says now you are second in command only to answer to me. But when Pharaoh's men were to look to Joseph, they did not just see the external things that he represented when he were to stand and say, now I need you to move the grain and put it there. I need you to do this and they would do that. They did not just see Joseph in that moment. But when they looked at Joseph, they saw the ring that Pharaoh gave him. And that ring was the name of the king that gave him the authority to operate with in the kingdom and so when Joseph would make a sweeping decree that kingdom understood that he is not here by his own authority that he is not here by his own dominion that he is here by the authority of the one that has sent him and he bears the name of the sender you see, without that name, Joseph had no authority to operate in the kingdom. Without that name or the seal that was upon his life, Joseph had no dominion to move in and out of that kingdom. As you begin to look all throughout the Old Testament, you can see that Darius, when he put Daniel into the tomb, and he said, the Bible says that he rolled the stone over the tomb, and then he sealed it with his own signet, that the purpose might not be be changed concerning Daniel. What Darius was saying is this. I need everybody to understand that I have put my name and the authority of my kingdom upon this action and because I have done this Daniel's fate is sealed but what Darius did not know is that Daniel was a covenant child already. Daniel was a child of Old Testament covenant. He had been through the circumcision of the flesh. Thanks be to God we now understand according to the writings of the Apostle Paul that we no longer go through the circumcision of the flesh but now we go through the circumcision of the heart. He makes it very clear that that is done in water baptism and in the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost and when you go through that process you are a New Testament covenant child but in Daniel's day it was circumcision of the flesh and then they had to uphold certain times of prayer and they had to uphold 
certain dietary restrictions and Daniel upheld all of those things. So we know now that Daniel was already under a name. The name had not yet been given the name of Jesus, but we know that the name of Yahweh had already been released and Yahweh is Jesus of the old. He is given to us as Emmanuel God with us and we understand that he is Jesus Yeshua. It is the understanding that Yahweh is Jesus and Jesus is Yahweh. That's why when Peter stood on the day of Pentecost, he said the same Lord whom you crucified has now become Lord, Old Testament Yahweh and Christ, New Testament Jesus. It is the understanding that Yahweh of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New because there is one Lord, one flesh, one baptism, one God, Father of all, in you all and through you all. Can I preach to you today? There's one Lord and his name is... And so Daniel was already a part of a kingdom, Brother Bounds. Daniel was already in a kingdom. Daniel already had a name. And Daniel already had a ruler. And because Daniel already had a name and a ruler, I find that Daniel did not get anxious when the weapon from his enemy was formed against him because he knew it would not prosper. Because when you're a child of the king, the weapon will be formed, but it cannot prosper. And so the weapon of execution in Daniel's day uh, was a lion in the den, uh, but it could not prosper because the Bible says uh, that Darius comes to the edge of the tomb uh, after a sleepless night uh, and he whispers in Daniel, Daniel, are you still alive? And Daniel says, don't worry, hoss. I slept good. The Lord sent an angel. Again, you have to understand that because he was under the name of Yahweh, every arsenal, every 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 man of war every angel of war everything that heaven had was at Daniel's disposal and because he was a child of the name he had the authority in the kingdom to rest easy that night because when you've got the name that is above every name when you've got the name that the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess when you've got that name you can rest And so Daniel finds himself in the tomb and he sleeps through the night and Daniel, lean, I mean Darius leans over and says, are you alright? He shouts back up, I'm good. And this is a very interesting fact here because the Bible makes it, I mean history makes it clear that, that if a king was able to take authority over another kingdom that they would now have to take on the king's name over that city and they would no longer give the, 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 uh, the, the honor to the king that was represented there because they were now under the authority of the new kingdom and you see that Darius makes a decree he says everybody that's under my rule everybody that's under my dominion everybody that's under my authority he says you now have to honor Daniel's God as the God as the only God because victory happened in a tomb so victory happened in a tomb in Daniel's day. And friend, victory for us happened in a tomb as well. I feel like preaching a little bit about the name of Jesus. 
The apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, you are sealed by the earnest of his spirit. Can I preach to you today? You've got a name upon your life that is the name of Jesus. And because you have that name, you have authority in the kingdom to use that name. Can we go back to the Pharaoh-Joseph analogy? You begin to look at this. You see Pharaoh and Joseph. Where's Noah at? Noah, come help me. Hurry quick. You see Pharaoh and you see Joseph, right? So you have Joseph. He is in his prison. He is in his place of which, according in his mind, there is no end, but he had a promise upon him. And so he is in the prison of which he believes this is going to be where I'm at. This is just it. The butler and the baker have forgotten about me. Nobody remembers Joseph. But then one day, the king calls him up out of his place of despair. The king calls him up out of his place of demise. The king calls him up out of his prison of which he was held and he was not going to be able to get freedom from until the king called him up from where he was at and brought him up into the palace and when he brings him up into the palace he says somebody give Joseph some new clothes the first thing that he did was he took off the garment that defined him as a prisoner and gave him a new garment that said you are now royalty in my kingdom can I preach to you today that the apostle said that when you are buried in baptism that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus old things are passed away and all things become come new when you are baptized in the name of Jesus that old garment that says you were a drug addict doesn't say it anymore that old garment that says you used to be this it can't say it anymore we have grafted in saying that comes from the world. We call people ex-drug addicts. We call people ex-alcoholics. We call people ex-this and ex-that. Friend, when you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you come up out of that water, you are not an ex-drug addict. You are not an ex-alcoholic. You are not an ex-liar, an ex-adulterer. No, no, no. You are a new creature. That means everything that was the old man is no longer the new man you, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus can I preach an old identity off of you today you're not what you used to be you're not what the world says you used to be you are blood pot born again heaven Old things are passed away and all things become new. So the old garment that says that what he used to be, a prisoner, it now says you're royalty because we are kings and priests with God. I said you are king and priest with God. Hey, can I preach to somebody today that in these days that we are living in that there are going to be people the Bible says young men are going to prophesy. The Bible said that servants and handmaidens they're going to be doing work in the kingdom. Why? Because it doesn't matter what you used to be. When you step into your kingdom role, you're not that anymore. You now have the ability to open your mouth and declare And so he takes off his old garment. You don't have to take it off. It's all right. And he gives him his new royal priestly garment. 
And he gives him the riches of the kingdom. And then he gives him the ring that says, Now you can operate by my name for my kingdom. And so Joseph, uh, after he interprets the dream, he says there's going to be seven years of plenty. And there's going to be seven years of famine. And it sets well. And he gets all of these, these new amazing little things that, that come with his new role. And then Joseph comes up uh, and he starts making decrees. He says, you're going to give this much uh, out of every harvest. Uh, and you're going to bring it and you're going to put it in the storehouse. Uh, but when they saw Joseph, uh, they could not see Joseph. Uh, all they could see was the name of Pharaoh that Joseph represented uh, and they understood that because he was operating under a name uh, that the kingdom uh, would have to operate according to the name that he is operating in uh, because Pharaoh had rule uh, over his kingdom and Joseph uh, had the authority to operate under the name of Pharaoh in the kingdom uh, and because he had the name on his life uh, he could say this goes here and it has to happen uh, and every person under him uh, would salute and say yes sir and they would move on behalf of the one that was making the declaration can I preach to you today that the Bible says that when Jesus come up he made a triumphant victory procession spoiling all principalities spoiling all powers spoiling everything that has ever had you bound and so now because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords the moment you were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost you're stamped with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the moment you say be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus by his stripes we are healed and so cancer says all I can see is the name that has the That's why you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's why you got to be baptized in the only saving name. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is the name. It is the name. It is the name of Jesus. It's the name we just sung about. It's the name your pastor just declared over this congregation. It's the name that when he said it, there was a move of the Holy Ghost that rippled across this place. Why? Because when you say the name of Jesus, you're not just invoking a name. You're invoking invoking the name and the name has the ability to take rule over everything in your life someone shout Jesus in this house somebody's about to be healed in this room right now feel like telling this story. I was in British Columbia, Canada, preaching for Jason McLaughlin. If you don't believe me, you can call him and ask him. Fort St. John. I was preaching about the name of Jesus because I really think that's the best subject you can preach about. And a young man was standing right here and he had cast on his feet. He wasn't really able to walk very well. He just got back from Calgary, Canada 
where they had designed these special casts where he would be able to move and walk better than, than he could before because he was only a few seconds on his feet and then his feet, they had fractures all through them. They would begin to hurt so bad that he couldn't stand. And so that young man was standing there and the Lord spoke to me, Brother Bounds. He said, you ask him the question, if he will commit those feet to spread my gospel the rest of his life, I will heal them today. And so I walked down off the platform and I whispered in his ear what the Lord told me to tell him. He said, I will. I said, then by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, be healed. That young man, that young man immediately, he took his shoes off and he took his cast off. And it was just like when Peter and John said, the lame man got up and danced all over the temple. That young man in his socks without a shoe on began to dance across the platform, began to dance across the, because at the name of Jesus, everything can be healed everything can be delivered you can be set free in this house you can my lord somebody release your faith right now somebody start speaking something into the atmosphere right you need to open your mouth and declare something right now. There's a, I, feel, I feel like heaven's ear is listening into this moment. You need to open your mouth and you need to declare what you feel in the Holy Ghost. And you need to seal it with the name of Jesus right now. see we're a lot like Esther in these moments because the Bible says in Esther 8 and 8 that when the genocide of the Jews was bypassed because God intervened the Bible says that the king turned to Esther and to Mordecai he said write ye also for the Jews as it liketh you in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring for the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring. No man, no man can reverse that writing. Now that word man there is not just male. That word there, man, is literally mankind. It was saying what you seal in the name of a king, flesh cannot reverse. You didn't hear what I just said. When you speak the name of Jesus, flesh cannot revert because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. I And when you put the name of a king upon something that you are declaring and you have been sealed uh, with the earnest of his spirit, uh, so you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and you've been sealed by the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you have that uh, perfect combination and you open your mouth, uh, you operate just like an ambassador does uh, in a kingdom. And that's what Esther and Mordecai was doing. And they wrote out uh, what they wanted to happen on behalf of their people. And when they wrote it out and declared it, immediately things began to shift. Yeah. 
And when things begin to shift, it shifted because the name of a king was represented upon the document. When I pulled into this city, I began to feel a rumbling. I mean, it was like a shaking. I began to feel the moment I pulled into the city limits. I went out and started driving this morning and praying over this city. And I began to feel like it was root systems that was moving all through this region. And then your pastor turned to me and said, we're going to be regional minded. The Lord gave me a vision or gave a man to give me a vision in an airport somewhere around a year and a half ago. I was in Dallas airport and I walked into a Hudson newsstand and I bought a smart water because I'm waiting for it to start helping me and I grabbed this smart water and I took a big drink of it and this man walked up to me you may call him a man I believe he was an angel sent from the Lord and as I was standing there that man said the Lord so told me to tell you about a vision that he showed me I said okay he said there was a vision and it was a map of North America he said and on that map there were little fires that begin to spring up all across that map he said and those fires brother bounds they begin to splinter and they begin to go to other places in the map he said and then they all come together and they swept North America and the world he said and the Lord said this is how we will have end time revival and harvest and so So I began to pray when I went home and I began to ask God, those fires that are on the map right now, what do they represent? And Brother Bounds, I had no idea you were going to tell me what you told me sitting on that chair. He said those fires represent churches, key churches that he has given regional dominion to in this season. He said and those key churches are going to begin to splinter and plant daughter works. And they're going to begin to send young men out and young ladies out to be evangelists throughout their city. Let me tell you something. An evangelist is not somebody that's got a full calendar. An evangelist is somebody to see the law saved. Everybody under the sound of my voice that wants to see the, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're an evangelist sent by God. And it's time for you to stop walking in timidity and get a boldness about you. Because it's time for there to be a regional shift. I feel a shift coming to this body. I felt it when I was sitting there when everybody was singing. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, the sword is about to be put up and the sickle is about to be given. You have seen incremental growth, but I feel like growth of multiplication is here. There's about to be a release. We're not one or two, but if two is the normal, four is going to get it. If four is the normal, six is going to get it. Why? Because this church is a key church on that map and you got to fire burning uh, and you begin to splinter and God has given you this region my I need you to lift your hands right now. I feel something beginning to shift. I feel something beginning to move. Come on I need this church. Anchor open your mouth right now and declare Got on my plane, headed from Memphis to here. When I got up in the air, the Lord spoke to this word to me. Ambassadors. 
Ambassadors were people that are appointed and sent by God. The Apostle Paul uses the word ambassador a few times throughout the Old Testament. The word ambassador was used, I think, six or seven times. But it is synonymous with the word messenger. Ambassador and messenger are very synonymous. Heaven has ambassadors. They would send angels as messengers that would bring words to people right on time. You have, you have Elijah under the juniper tree and an angel shows up with a message. These are messenger angels. But also, you have messengers like you and I that are sent and appointed by by God to be the messenger to the area. There's a proverb that says that where a, an ambassador is, there is health there as well. And so when you become an ambassador, you become a giver of health to an area. You become a giver of health to the person that you're bringing the message to. And I feel like there's about to be a release of ambassadors at large from this place. I feel like there is a release of ambassadors that are about to just start shooting out of this place leaving this place left and right uh, as messengers uh, with a word of health for the community, with a word of health for your job. Uh, and that word is, uh, you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need you to lift your hands right now. Oh, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And so these ambassadors... They were given the name and they would go and they would deliver what the king had written. And there's going to be some people that are going to start getting some words that are going to start releasing neighborhoods that are going to start releasing people on your job that are going to start releasing things in the supernatural. I'm telling you, I feel it so strongly here today. lift your hands I feel like there's, there's just, God just put a pause on me would you just lift your hands right now your hands right now and receive the word of the Lord. For some, re for some reason, the last few places the Lord has sent me, he has sent me to war against the spirit of insecurity upon people and insufficiency upon people. As if that they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, I can never do what I have been called to do because... 
And they give a list of excuses on why they can't do what God's called them to do. Well, I'm not a good orator. Well, I'm not a good singer. Well, I'm not a good drummer. Well, I'm not a good Bible teacher. Well, Moses wasn't a good speaker, but God still used him to deliver two to five million people. And then we lean on our crutches. We start getting into Enneagrams and our color type and everything. And we say, well, my color or Enneagram suggests that I'm an introvert, so I can't do extroverted work. You ever got underneath the boldness of the Holy Ghost? Because when you get underneath the boldness of the Holy Ghost, you'll do extroverted work with ease. I tell you what, I take dominion over insecurity right now by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I release every man and every woman under the sound of my voice to get anointed and appointed by God for the task that he is calling us to in this day and this age. We don't have time anymore for it to just be the select few doing the work. God needs the body operating at its full, at its full power and at its full authority. Would you lift your hands? I'm almost done. I, we're just flowing. I, we're just going to go until God says stop. Would you lift? Would you stand with me right now? And would you lift your hands all across this house? When we come to church, we come to church with the mindset of what can I get from this service? But we've got to have a shift that doesn't come to church saying what can I get? We've got to have a shift where mature Christians come to church saying what can I give in this moment? The mindset of consumerism is bred, is, is breeded in, in, in Instagram and in, in, in media. It, it, is, it is through commercials. They target the consumer. It is through these things that they target people where they can learn how to come and consume. And, they, and literally, if you look up the word consumerism, it means to devalue the thing. To, to use it up until its value is gone. And so what we do is we consume and we consume and we put pressure on certain preachers and put pressure on certain ministries. And if it's not there and if it's just not perfect, then I'm sure not going to worship or I'm sure not going to move or I'm sure not going to be the one doing what I'm called to do. And that's the mindset of consumerism. It's extended adolescence that starts in the world and bleeds into the church that says, well, you know, once I graduate high school get through college and do this this and this get married have two kids then I'll be used by God that cannot be in the church you can't wait until your kids get graduated for you to start being apostolic you need to start doing it now young people this is back to school you can't wait until you graduate high school or graduate college before you start being powerfully used by God now is the time this is the day I'm When they came into the promised land, they came in with the understanding that there would be rivers of milk and honey. That didn't literally mean that there would be a river of milk and honey. That meant that they were going to have to learn how to take care of some cattle. That meant that they were going to have to learn how to tend some bees. And if they learned how to do those things, uh, there would always be a flow. 
And so we've got to come to church saying, if there's going to be a river flowing, then God use me. If there's going to be a flow of the Spirit, then God let it flow through me. Do you realize that in this moment, you could be the catalyst for everybody on your row to receive exactly what they need from God? You've just got to quit waiting on the right thing to happen to get you to move. And you got to say right now, Lord, if it's in this room, I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm going to produce something right now for my room. Come on. Maybe there's somebody next to you that needs a miracle. The preacher can't get to everybody. The preacher can't lay hands on everybody. But if you've got the name of Jesus, you've got the ability to operate in this kingdom. If you need a miracle, I want you to come to this altar. You need God to do something in your life. Would you join me in this altar right now? You need a miracle in your life. You need the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need God to do something. Would you join me in this altar right now? Come on, there's people coming. You're here. You've never been baptized in the name of Jesus right now. We can baptize you in the name of Jesus, the only saving name. Come on. You need God to do something in your life. You need deliverance in your family. You need deliverance from addiction. You need deliverance from things that have had you bound and have warred against you. Come on, there's people still coming. Come on, that's it. There's more people that need to make your way to this front. Come on, there's still people that need to come. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Now, I need some faith-filled saints to join me on this platform right now. Come on. You've been baptized in the name of Jesus. Feel the gift of the Holy Ghost. You feel like you have faith for this moment. I want you to join me on this platform right now. And there's an oppressiveness that's coming against this moment right now. There, there, is, there is an overwhelming oppressiveness that's trying to stop what God is trying to start in this service right now. I need some faith-filled saints. If you're in ministry, join me on this platform. You've got the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you believe God can use you. Come on, I need you to join me on this platform. Thank you all for coming up here. Thank you. You're about to get what you need from God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Shout amen. amen. Now, I need some faith-filled saints. Come on, we got people coming. Join me. Get behind me. All around. Thank you. Thank you. In just a moment, we're going to pray. Because there's something, I, I, there's like a heaviness that just came over, the, a blanket of heaviness that just came over this service that is trying to hinder. Do you feel something? Yeah, you, you can believe that God can use other people to do mighty things. But you've got to start believing that God can use you to do mighty things. The spirit of this city has always been, I'm not good enough, inadequacy. Believe God for, to heal anybody but you. Believe God to use anybody but you. But today is a trans, is a shifting day to say not only can he use them for the power of God, but he can use me to do great things by the power of God. Come on, somebody shout, there is power in the name of Jesus. The scripture says where the word of a king is, there is power. This man has prophesied, he has spoken, we have been led of the Lord. He's, I'm telling you, we need to thank God right now that God has sent a man with a word to this church. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.